0: To explore the far reaches of cinema, three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These
1: are the tales of their adventures.
0: This is Cynonauts!
2: Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Catcher. And welcome to Cynanauts Exploring the Criterion. Our first episode of 2020 ooh, leaving. Ooh,
1: ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes. So excited. I said 2020. <laughs> 2021. Get it right. No, I keep on referring like every I keep on saying, oh, it's 2020, but it's not. We did it. We made it through 2020. It's 2021 now.
2: 2020 is just using up free real estate yes. in my brain still. So that's why. Totally.
1: Happy New Year, guys. <laughs>
2: This episode, we're going to be discussing my pick of Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get to that, let's catch up. How, how was your guys' holiday break? It was
1: good. Full of food. So good.
3: Full of yeah. lots of food.
1: Yeah. I thought this year, because of COVID and everything, the holidays would be like chill, like more chill. But that was 100% not the case because, you know, you just can't see people in the capacity you usually would. So there was a lot more, like, coordinating and a lot more running around and, like, seeing people for, like, a short periods of time from distances and all that. So right. Kind of crazy. How were your holidays?
2: Drove home. We had masks on the entire time we were home. So oh, we were, wow. had masks on for, like, 24 hours a day for, like, seven days. But it's good. I mean, better than not and risking, you know, all that sort of stuff. So
1: absolutely better safe than sorry but i'm happy you got to go home and see the fam
2: yeah it was good catcher how about you
3: yeah i um i went to my parents place just for a couple days Mm -hmm. uh emma came with me and uh we just ate all of the food it was perfect um and then we came home and ate all of the food uh but for christmas i got my parents a chromecast nice like the google tv Uh, One with the remote and everything. So that was really exciting. Uh, Set it up at their place, plugged in all of like the different apps. It's kind of cool because my parents have always had like the Netflix account Mm -hmm. that I, the one that watches. And it was nice to like do the reverse where I got to sign them in to the accounts that I pay (laughs) On a monthly basis. So you're that finally was cool. paying them back. I'm paying them back. So they're excited. They they've been wanting to watch like a bunch of the Criterion films, the ones that we've Perfect. talked about. Yeah. So now they can do that, which is really
2: exciting. And, I want uh, Franka to yeah. send us
1: a voicemail one day.
2: Yeah, we gotta set that up. For the
1: Armageddon episode. I feel like all our mums are gonna call in for that episode, yes. so
3: <laughs> it, it's it's actually funny. She wrote like an email that I keep forgetting. To read on the show because she sent it to me instead of sending it to the show oh so remind me and i'll read it later in the okay, letter section. sounds
1: good we
2: will forgot to mention at the top of the show so thanks to everyone who voted on our flight crew selection episode in which the three of us drafted uh our favorite holiday movies for to create the best flight crew and folks voted on instagram we have the winner we're gonna make you wait for it though. We'll announce the winner at the end of the episode before we announce uh, our film for next week.
3: So blessed to see all the votes that yeah. came in, and so so stoked yeah. to like have conversations that that spurred from that. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's, yeah, just it's talking with everybody.
2: Money. Agree. Yeah. Um, and the results may shock you. Who knows? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: They shocked me. I'll tell you what. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: but let's uh let let's talk. What what did y'all watch or or over the last two weeks or so, catcher? Uh, let's start with you.
3: I actually watched so many movies, which was great. Um, I'll just quickly run down, and then but I have something I want to talk about. Something I, I learned. Okay. So I watched my first Giallo, mm. which was oh, incredible. Nice. I saw that Ten- Tenembre. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. Yeah. So cool, so awesome to look at. Toy Story Four, mm. shockingly good. I thought we three was enough. We didn't need to push it. I did feel like they cribbed a few things from previous movies. Um, that sort of and put po- p- like put that on top of like this new story. But I was surprisingly impressed by it. Uh, I watched. I bought. I watched Batman Returns. Yes, what would you that. think? I, it was very cool. The penguin hands amazing (laughs) the giant rubber duck is beautiful Awesome, right clearly clearly a toy like designed to sell toys but a wonderful toy it would be um i watched possessor what do you think um you watch
2: the uncut version or the regular
3: uh, the regular i me and emma really wanted to watch the uncut one Mm -hmm. and uh it just wasn't available like we couldn't find it so we just watched the regular one um I think the uncut one I have to watch because I was not as blown away by the violence and gore that everyone was talking about this movie and the mm. grotesquities of it. I mean, the ending is sad, but it's not grotesque. Mm. Um, but it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I watched the House that Jack Built, Lars Van Trees movie yeah. for like a, oh, a couple yeah. years ago. Uh, Matt Dillon as like a, a serial killer, and it's a dark comedy. It's kind of fun to watch. Um it drags a little. Um but mm-hmm. it's funny. Like I, okay. I me and Emma were f- laughing at points. I mean it's pretty f- screwed up what happens. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's it, it is funny. Like there are some scenes he drags a body down the street and you're like this is the funniest thing I've seen wow. on TV.
1: <laughs> I feel like his stuff is like hit or miss for me. Like mm-hmm. some of yep. his films that I've seen I really really love and some of them I absolutely love or detest, or if that's the totally <laughs> correct. Yep. No, yeah. I think those are all valid words to use. But that sounds words. cool. I, I'll check that out.
3: Uh, the most important thing, though, that I watched this entire break: two films, "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" mm-hmm. and "Jumanji." Now you must be asking yourself, Mike, why? Why these random movies? Why are they so important? Because Jumanji I is learned so important. No, I know. It's like such a childhood classic, at least for me. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as well. But I didn't know they were directed by the same person. Oh. Joe Johnson. Johnston? Joe Johnston. He's directed Jurassic Park 3, Captain America First Avenger, The Rocketeer, October Sky. Mm. These are all amazing movies. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I realized this break as I was watching his films is he is so good at blending the practical with like CG and Mm -hmm. like he does that throughout his filmography pretty much. And it's, he just does it so well. He is such a genius. He fills his stories with such wonder and delight and joy and adventure. And this guy does not get the praise that he deserves. Like these films, like rewatching them, it's amazing how much fun and exciting they are. And they hold up so well. And like Captain America, The first Avenger was like a shocking film for me. Like I had so low hopes for that film. (laughs) And it was like probably one of the best movies of the whole first phase. (laughs) It's so incredible and so fun. And he does the transformation so well. And again, it's the blending of like the CG and the, and the practical and it's, he's so good at doing that. And yeah, just the delight his films bring. Um, Everyone should be, praising him more.
2: I've been um, meaning to so. rewatch The Rocketeer. I loved that movie when I was a kid, but... Um,
3: I've never seen it. We have friends, obviously, who love that movie, so I've been meaning to pull the trigger on it, and for ne- now, I'm like definitely going to do it. I have to. Like, He's so good.
2: Yeah, so one of Danny's from 70 millimeter. it's one of his favorite movies, if not his favorite nice. movie, period. Nice. good pick. Shout out Joe Johnston. That's right. Joe Johnston. Joe Johnston. Uh, boom, what'd you watch?
1: Um yeah I'm a same bodice catcher uh after the holidays, everything kind of slowed down, so I watched a lot. Mm-hmm. um but I think the big one would probably be I watched Spirited Away for the first time.
0: Mm. Nice. yeah
1: um it's one of my sister's favorites um and I know it's really loved. uh I also loved it, but I also think that like the discourse around this film is just a little bit misleading because it's something that I've like known about for years and years. And when people talk about it, they're like, it's so beautiful. It's so lovely. It's so childlike. It just makes you want to be like a kid forever. So when I watched it, I was like, this is amazing. Like it's beautiful. The animation's amazing. The stories are great, but it's absolutely terrifying. Some of the imagery is just like, I was like okay cool I am not sleeping tonight um so there was that I just like the no face character just and it's just like the way things happen too like it's all so sudden and it really just like it's kind of gut-wrenching like how terrifying or how terrified I was um but it kind of got me thinking about how interesting it would be to kind of see more like animated horror in the coming years Mm. because that's kind of like
3: love this i love that
1: yeah i don't know it's like it's out there for sure but you kind of have to like go really go looking for it and i think for horror as a genre as like the genre is really asking you to kind of like suspend your disbelief and i think that's where kind of things fall short a little bit and i just think with like animation just like the possibilities there could be limitless um, and really terrifying and I did do some searching so I've like added a few things to my list that I want to check out and hopefully it's it's just you know I think horror is having a comeback right now mm-hmm. I mean I didn't really go anywhere but there's kind of like a renaissance happening and in
3: quality I think yeah we're in a golden age of horror movies
1: for sure yeah. It, yeah exactly like we're getting some really good stuff so I wouldn't be surprised if um someone kind of did that and I would be very excited so yeah, that's kind of like the only one I really want to bring up, um, Ian. I don't know, like my my Pixar buddy over there. Um, if you watch Soul, I saw. Yeah. saw I saw you watch Soul. I didn't yeah. see.
2: What do you think of Soul?
1: Um, I liked it. I thought it was a little bit. I thought like the themes and stuff were kind of a little bit recycled in terms of like what they've done in the past and I also found that it wasn't like quite grounded enough to really kind of like hit you uh Mm. the way like Coco hits Mm, you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but one big takeaway from it for me I know we talk about like representation a lot on the show Mm -hmm. but um I really enjoyed kind of having Joe as this kind of like regular Mm -hmm. in terms of yeah, like this like regular dude as, as a main character, um, which isn't something you always see because especially with Black representation, it's either kind of like, you know, the story, the characters are like rooted in tragedy or- Or it's like, based in these,
2: racism, something like that. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. It's like slave shit or it's like, there are these extraordinary like beings, which is also amazing, like Wakanda forever, but- it's also just kind of nice to just see this like regular dude, like going through his like everyday life. And also it's still accurately like representing the culture, like the, fa- yeah. the family dynamics. I was, if you're a black viewer, you're just like, this is spot on and like paying homage to jazz. So mm-hmm. yeah, I-, I liked it. It was good. I had a fun time. I cried a lot, so. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I, uh I really like soul. I, yeah. for me, it was like, you know, Pixar always and i said this I think on this show even that Pixar loves pushing the boundaries of like what is a kid's movie. And I actually think that Soul, Pixar was straight up like, let's not make a kid's movie. Like this is an adult animated movie. Cause yeah. I have a hard time imagining many kids can process and really like understand yeah. what Soul is about. Um and you know, they dance at that in inside out. Um, you know, Coco has a lot of mature themes. I think Toy Story yeah. 3 has like a lot of themes that are like geared towards adults, but yeah. this and up obviously as well. But I mean, Soul, I think they were literally like, we're going to make this for adults to, totally. because you know, Pixar's fans are now, our, like started with us at our age when the original Toy Story came out and they're aging their films with their audience really, oh, really yeah. well. Yeah. And I think a Absolutely. lot of studios can't do that. A lot of franchises have a hard time doing that. Um, mm-hmm. And Pixar, they're able to do it really, really well. And I think Souls is a perfect example of that. I really enjoyed it. I need to watch it again because I don't think yeah. I have got like everything. Like it's clearly a movie you need to watch twice. Yeah. But I really enjoyed you know, it.
1: I really like that they, th- they th- throw some like funny quips in there. And one of them that kind of like shook my like world was when they it was like one of the like um jerry's or terry's or whatever just make this like off the cuff joke about the souls like not remembering the like the reason like you don't remember your childhood is because you because they don't want them to like remember the trauma that is childhood. oh yeah (laughs) and i was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) blew my blew my mind
2: yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, anima- the animation of like the Soul World was so cool, and all the music was awesome. Just the whole thing, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was going to talk about Soul, and then the other thing I was going to talk about TV, uh, Bridgerton on Netflix. My goodness, have everything you've been watching that Bridgerton? It's so no. So some background on me: I love like uh, teen drama TV shows and rom com movies. So if you haven't heard of Bridgerton or watched it it's actually I think the number one show on Netflix right now it is basically Downton Abbey meets Gossip Girl like literally there is a character named Lady Whistledown who writes all the gossip of like the Victorian era (laughs) socialites and I am like full I'm only on episode six right now but I'm fully like addicted to it Tara doesn't like it as much as I do but I am very much standing Bridgerton at the moment
1: okay I started so I started Bridgerton because I was just like in the, va- I was like, I've been watching so many movies lately. I just need to like, I just wanted to get into a show, something chill. And I put on Bridgerton and I think I lasted like 10 minutes and I was like, today is not the day, but I will definitely be back. So I'm excited <laughs> to hear that
0: you liked
2: it. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you expect it to be. It's yeah. shameless and fun and like perfect yeah uh, but the two leads i think are really great they have a lot of good chemistry on screen and i think they're both going to be pretty famous after this um nice. i think they're both good so
1: shonda Rhimes. yeah
2: shonda land hitting again i had always.
3: never i'd heard the name but never seen anything associated with it and then today on twitter i saw like a picture of these like three dudes With this like nice hair and like jacket and (laughs) stuff, there's like three of them, and I was like, "This is what that show is." Like I had (laughs) not a clue what it was, and then that was the image, and I was like, "This is a crazy, this is a crazy thing." It is sounds uh, wonderful,
2: pretty hilarious. Let's get to the juice. So, for the first mission of 2021, uh, we're I'm it was my pick, and I selected one of my favorite directors, Stanley Kubrick, and his uh, and his film. Barry Lyndon. so let's all get in our time machines uh, the year is 1968 Stanley Kubrick had just cemented his place on the list of greatest directors of all time thanks to his science fiction masterpiece 2001 a space odyssey one of catcher's all-time faves mm. boom yes. just gave a chef's kiss for that Uh, Following the success of 2001, Kubrick turned his attentions to a historical biographical epic about Napoleon Bonaparte. For those who aren't familiar, Kubrick is known for his like meticulous, meticulous research um, and and development for his films. So he uh, went into deep pre-production on the film, reading like every book he could find out about Napoleon and the time watching every documentary he can get to make sure the picture was historically accurate as possible. However, during the pre-production of Napoleon, a film in 1970 came out called Waterloo, uh, directed by Sergei Bondarchuk. And um, the film, while kind of praised by critics, was uh, bombed horribly in the box office. Uh, And as a result, Kubrick's producers for his Napoleon film got pulled. Um, And the film was never being made. There's a lot of cool research about it. There's a book called The Greatest Film Never Made. That's about that. I was lucky enough to go to the Kubrick Museum in London when I was over there last year. Um, And they have like a bunch of pages from like his notebooks and all sort of stuff. It was very cool to see um, if you're ever in London. Boom. Next time you go there, go check out the Kubrick Museum. It was awesome. Does
1: he have neat handwriting?
2: Uh, It's kind of messy, but you can see it all. I mean, they have props from all his movies and stuff like that. (laughs) It was awesome. So as a result of Napoleon being canceled, Kubrick shifted his focus to shooting the highly controversial and influential A Clockwork Orange, which came out in 1971. Um, So after the back-to-back successes, Kubrick didn't want his Napoleon period research to go to waste. So he went on to make an adaptation, uh, a film adaptation of William Makepeace Thackeray's 1844 novel, The Luck of Barry Lyndon. Uh, the film was eventually called Barry Lyndon starring Ryan O'Neill and Marissa Berenson. Kubrick's vision of Barry Lyndon was to make like all of Kubrick's films. Um, they are all meticulously crafted, uh, you know, cinematography advancements for all his movies, 2001, obviously being a massive example of that, um, in terms of, you know, effects and practical effects for the space sequences or basic for the, all the sequences, Uh, The Shining, you know, basically trademarked how you should use Steadicam footage. And for this, he wanted to make Barry Lyndon as time accurate as possible. And so the Madman himself tried to use as little artificial lighting as possible, uh, which led to him doing things like renting cameras from NASA in order to get his (laughs) candlelit sequences done. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about all that stuff later. But despite uh, the film being praised by critics, uh, and it was nominated for seven Academy Awards, winning four. Barry Lyndon was not well-received by the public. However, like most Mm -hmm. of his films, as years have gone by, people have gone on to praise the film for its craft and its impact on the film. Uh, I first saw Barry Lyndon when I first got into Kubrick, so this was like seventh grade or so. And I haven't seen it since high school, but when I watched it, I remembered like everything. Like the the, the movie has such an impact on me, just like in terms of how I watch movies. Um, so I was excited to pick this and I'm curious to hear what your you guys' thoughts are. Because neither of you had seen it before, correct? No.
1: No, first time.
2: Nice. So uh let's start with boom, boom. What was your initial reaction and thoughts when you were watching this?
1: At first, I'll be honest, I wasn't really invested. In I wasn't really invested in the first half like I'm down with beautiful visuals but story and characters are always kind of like the hook for me Mm -hmm. and I was just like I don't really care about this war I don't care about this man you know (laughs) um but then things like get proper spicy in in the second half (laughs) um along with the stunning visuals and it really turned around for me um so yeah and we, I know we talked about, like, the idea of social climbing and falling from grace, like, with Parasite.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think in Parasite, um, you're kind of rooting for the Kims, and you, like, really feel bad when, like, things fall apart for them. But with our boy Barry, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, it just – I think it's because of, like, the satirical tone of the film. Yeah, like, 100%. You're yeah. kind of just, like <laughs> – You kind of just like not don't care if he fails almost, and like by the end of it, you're just like, yeah, like shoot his leg off. I don't know. (laughs) I I had I had a lot of fun watching this film, especially like second half, like amazing, amazing, amazing. So yeah,
2: nice. I love that catcher. What about you?
3: (laughs) Okay, so I went into watching this last weekend, and I told Emma, I was like, listen, we have to watch this movie. So you get to pick whatever else you want to watch all weekend, like all of the weekend, anything else, (laughs) because I'm going to have to make you watch this three hour slow movie and you're going to hate it. So this is the trade off. Thank you for being so good to me. And (laughs) we started watching it and she loved it like right away. She was like, this is really funny. This isn't what I was expecting. And to be honest, from the opening, it was not what I was like. Yeah. It was instantly funny. Like mm-hmm. you have the faraway shot of like the setup and you find out about his dad and how his dad died. <laughs> yeah. and like His dad was like a, a marksman and yeah. he was like whatever. And then he was in a duel and then he got shot in the duel and you're like, okay, this is everything. So many duels. Yeah. This is everything I need to know about this movie. It's so much yeah. funnier. Like it's funny. First off. Two, it's like what it's making fun of. Like mm-hmm. yeah. this is the 2001 a space odyssey of period dramas. It's mm. it's long with a purpose, right? It's, yeah. The characters are slightly disconnected from you. Like, yeah. there is emotion. People I, I was reading up on, you know, doing research, people are like, oh, it's such a, like, a human movie. It's got so much emotion. I wouldn't go that far. I think the characters are still in a Kubrickian fashion yeah. like a di- emotionless a, not of. emotionless but yeah. like you you are not you do not connect with them you are mm. watching them there's a difference Agreed. right highly highly respect this movie i think the mm. problem with the movie is everyone won't ever shut up about how good it looks which i can't <laughs> complain because it's absolutely <laughs> stunning um i think a lot of the critique stops there a lot of the time people just talk mm. about won't ever shut up about the camera lenses and the natural light which is incredibly cool but there is a yeah. lot more to this movie the structure of it the way it's presented the way these characters are laid out boom like you said it is a climbing a ladder climbing situation of yeah. him trying to get to the top but kubrick never once thinks that that's a noble effort like he is constantly yeah. mm-hmm. judging you not judging you but judging the idea of all of the pop and circumstance is that a phrase like Mm -hmm. all of that hoobah about being rich it's like he just throws that in your face constantly yeah um and i really enjoyed that about it and i think there's so much more about that that should get discussed that doesn't often get discussed because the visuals Mm -hmm. are so good like
1: so incredible like disgustingly good
3: yeah like it's and (laughs) what more like we can get more into how i feel about the movie but I think yeah. yeah, it's it is a masterpiece, and I completely understand why it yeah. gets the love it's gotten all these years for sure. Ian, what about you?
1: I want yeah, I want to hear what Ian has to say about it.
2: Yeah, I mean for me, like again, rewatching it, I still like I love this movie so much. Again, like I haven't watched it since I was again, like I said, in, in high school. Mm-hmm. And the thing, couple things, stood out to me from like what I was trying to remember versus like when I was watching it was a how funny it is. I don't think mm-hmm. my humor was like was clever enough when I first watched it or last watched yeah. it to really catch all the little like hilarious little nods. I mean, even like the non-dialogue gags are so funny like that scene where um Barry Lyndon's cousin in the beginning when she's dancing <laughs> with the When she's dancing (laughs) with the general, and it just cuts over to Barry, and it just (laughs) slow zooms on his face, just looking so pathetic, and it's so funny. Like there are just so many like little visual gags that make me like appreciate it so much more now. That when I was watching it when I was younger, I fully like did not get all that. I think my takeaway from the movie was like, this is really like a beautiful movie to watch. Like like you said, Catcher. But that took like a lot from me um that that was like a big thing i got just like Mm -hmm. obviously the narrating like catcher said was like pretty hilarious but then just like there's so much great dialogue throughout all of it and and so many good setups and payoffs that, that happened throughout it
3: when he blows smoke in his newly married wife's face i yeah. could not stand <laughs> it i was at at both times disgusted but also like yeah. i was laughing like it was yeah, so, it's so well, offensive like you were that is the most <laughs> offensive thing you could do to somebody just blow smoke yeah. right in their face
1: but and it's funny at first because she's just kind of like swatting it away like that whole scene was really funny yeah. Because she's just swatting the smoke away, sw- swatting it away, and then he just, like, blows it right in her face. <laughs> and that's kind of, like, the moment you know you're just like, okay, Barry's, a, like, a waste a complete, man. Because yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> they kind of, like, set him up as, like, more A tragic ambiguous. hero. Yeah, like a, tra- a tragic hero. Yeah, you feel hero, a little buddy. sorry for him. You're like, okay, do you. Get your thing. And then he does that. And then from there, you're just like, okay, you know what? Yeah. Go get your legs shot off.
2: <laughs> yeah. it's. It, it, it. And like another thing, something that I remembered fully is that when I was a kid, I remember thinking Lord Bullington was so annoying. Like, who does he think he is? Like, you know, blah blah blah.
3: It's that face he always makes. It's that That face face he always makes. makes. And
2: like this on this rewatch, it's like, sure, he's annoying, but he's absolutely correct. Like, he saw Barry Lyndon for what he actually was, and Mm -hmm. tried saving his mom, and in the end, you know, does save his mom and and their legacy and all sort of stuff. But I remember when I was younger, like, thinking, barely, yeah. you know, Bullington was so annoying, and, you know, his face, uh, you know, the faces he gives, and how he, you know, he beats up, yeah. or, you know, all the, just all these things, just, those are my two big takeaways.
1: I was gonna say, I have a note about Bullington, and it was just like, so teen angst has existed for centuries. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. This is and I also thought, um, like the older gentleman that plays uh, Lord Bullington, who I have learned was Kubrick's assistant. Yeah, how cool. he ended up being his assistant. Yeah, I'll get um, I'll get into that I, later. Nice. Okay, yeah. sounds good. But I also loved the child that played. Yeah, him. Yep. Like, yeah. Like that kid was a great actor. What did he call? What does he call him? A common, a common opportunist or something? Yeah, yeah. And just like his mannerisms and the way he plays the character, I was like, how old is this kid? Ten? Like. Killing it, killing it,
3: yeah, because he's on to him so fast, and it's like it's yeah, not okay, him yeah. as an adult, it's like him as a kid who's no. just like, I've got your number, bud, I've, I know who you are.
1: The scene transition when you meet like him as an adult and he's just sitting there he's holding his, his mom's his mom. hand with like the scowl <laughs> on his face, and you know exactly who he is, yeah.
2: <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, Lady Lyndon Marissa Berenson. So she was not an actress She was actually a model, uh, at the time. And I think, uh, she is fantastic in this movie. She's, I think, I think she was great. And like the story arc of her character, um, she doesn't say too much throughout the whole movie. And I think that's probably the point, you know, she's just sort of like the quiet hand signing away all these checks. Um, but then the moment where she, uh, where they lose, where, where their son dies, is, like, tragic. Like, they let all of her dialogue happen in that moment, basically, and, like, save yeah. all the emotion for it, and it's so good. Um, I was a really, really big fan of that scene and, and her in general. Also, just looking like a vision the entire time.
1: Absolutely stunning. Yeah. And just, like, yeah, she did everything. Like, she brought you everywhere you needed to be. I really like the scene when... um. Lord Bullington again crashes the like recital that they're doing, <laughs> with and the, she with like the runs. Shoes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so good.
0: She
1: she was really good at that scene because she was like concerned, but also like couldn't bear it, so she like ran away, and then she like came back to see what was going on, and then, just <laughs> and then runs away left again. <laughs> again.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so good. It's so yeah. absurd. And um, the wigs. Ugh. I mean, let's just talk about the the set design and costume design i mean every yeah. is perfection like totally top to bottom i mean it's 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 so cool all the uniforms for like however many i mean in terms of scope this is probably this is definitely his biggest kubrick's biggest film he did just like for yeah. the amount of extras and the costumes and the sets and everything was just like amazing amazing to to look at and you know i mean to go on about the visuals like every frame i mean obviously kubrick was inspired by artists and paintings of the era but Mm -hmm. the way he shot it where it's like it starts out as a close-up shot and then it just zooms out to reveal more of people staying in static positions was just so cool to see and it's really just like a flex on everything that like people love about kubrick um is like personified in like all these shots and again the wigs the costumes just
1: i literally felt like i was like in this like Amazing museum, but I, mm-hmm. when in reality, I was just on my couch eating hot Cheetos. It was <laughs> awesome, <laughs> as as Kubrick would want. Yeah, I mean, as he. W- <laughs> uh,
2: were there any like? Do you guys have particular? And this might be spoiling our Criterion moments, but do you have any particular like scenes or or set pieces that stand out to you as like, this is the one that really like you know sticks with your brain, just like in terms of the visuals or looks. Yeah,
3: I mean, I, I mean, there's like actually so many. Um yep. I'll try and so to many. avoid the. I, I have a couple on my uh, oh, here comes list. Only because, eighteen. No, no, no. Only moments. because in case <laughs> one of them gets taken, I have a backup. You know, I'm okay, prepared. okay, okay. Um, but one that I I was thinking about it, but I didn't end up doing it because I just didn't feel like it was enough of a moment to be like the criterion. But the scene, so there's like the the battle sequence when they're walking towards everybody and everyone's getting yeah. shot down right and they're just Hilarious huge also. amounts of people just dropping and then they're just walking in and, front of them but oh. and, and it and is really funny quickly, yeah go the, ahead the yeah. their narr-
2: the narrator there says this this battle was not recorded in the history books <laughs> but those who were there often remember it and then it's just two minutes of these guys getting shot not firing back like it's so ridiculous
3: it's crazy but his his like friend or not his friend the guy he's working for yeah uh, yeah he gets shot and Mm. he carries him off the battlefield and into that ditch and there's just like bodies strung around like in a tree hanging down like ones in the mud and You sort of realize, and throughout the film, they do a really good job of showing the reality of this, which is like, maybe their guns aren't great, but your death is not a good time. Like you're Mm -hmm. left in mud, your wound is getting infected, and and you're left to rot. Like, and that's and yeah, I love that sort of juxtaposition of just like this humor and beautiful landscapes, but then like the real darkness that was like this time period. Is is yeah. really well shown in little shots and little moments like
2: that. Boom! Is there a specific scene that you think visually is is the one that sticks out to you the most?
1: Um, on, again, so many. Yeah, I really liked the kind of the war st- stuff. And I'm not a big war movie person. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- the scenes that were shot at night, the one in particular yeah. where that there's that like big fire and it's like panning through. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of like I was. Sh- Like, the moment itself meant nothing to me, but just visually, I was just like, this is amazing. Um, I really loved, like, any of the 50 duels that took place in the film. (laughs) I just think, like, the concept of a duel is so hilarious, and I also just think it's such a funny device to use over and over again in a movie. Just demanding
2: satisfaction. Yeah, and and every time
1: you're just like... (laughs) totally okay with it like so yeah there was that nice. uh, and I also sorry I'm just going on but oh, yeah, please I go. really love the scene where they're at the table when he when like Barry is kind of just like setting his gaze to uh, to Miss Linden Lady Linden it's crazy it was crazy like it was it's like it was such a beautiful shot and he's just like they're staring at each other and I was like this is this is a vibrant Bible yeah, moment. and like the,
2: the, the I mean, the chemistry between those two and that's it's so cool. It's yeah. just the cuts back and forth and then her priest kind of like gives her an eye, like kind of sensing what's going on. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he follows her out and there's that moonlit shot. It's like, oh my God, it's so, yeah. it's so good.
3: The best though it's is amazing. like you have these then like some f- scenes of them like courting each other. And then it's the scene where he goes in to confront her husband because she is, of course, married, right? And he's like this old man. And he goes in and confronts him. But he doesn't even confront him. That's what's weird. Like, he's clearly gone to confront him and then immediately denies that anything is going on and then makes him (laughs) the fool, you know? And then immediately he he dies. And you're just like, this? (laughs) What is this? This is hilarious. Like, there's so many surprisingly hilarious hilarious sequences in this film that you're just like, okay. I yeah yeah like you can't I I I was shocked at how often I was having fun, which I did not expect to have. Like I thought this was gonna be a sludge, like cause I don't yeah. like period. I'm really not someone who loves period piece films. I don't re- I don't enjoy them. I don't like the aesthetic mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and constantly I was being pulled through this and being like, oh okay okay yeah. all right what's happening yeah. next I, what's happening next
1: I'm right there with you like I I feel the exact same way I was just like there's not super into period pieces especially because the ones that I've seen at least just seem super hokey and again like because of like the disc character disconnect thing I'm just like I don't care about like colonial England or whatever um you know it kind of just doesn't it's not an immersive experience in any way shape or form but this is just for some reason works so well and keeps you interested and like holds your attention even though it's three hours you know good so good
3: what did you guys think about the the zoom and pull like those zoom shots like those pull? Well, actually they're not zooms they're pulls oh right? yeah yeah like when
1: they're he's co- looking out on the terrace yes like that exactly one? yeah
2: yeah they're basically called i think from they're called double shots so oh, okay. <clears throat> rather than cutting like a director would cut Typically between the close up and then cut for an extended shot, but Kubrick just did it in one go, so we call them double shots. Yeah. Uh, I thought I love them all; they're I think they're so cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. i always I was always fascinated to be like, okay, what? And and to be honest, like I didn't catch a, meanings in all of them. I'm sure they're mm-hmm. there, um, but it's like that he is composing such a tight shot, and mm-hmm. and then to then compose such a beautiful final. Shot like as you shot. pulled away, just two, and yeah, it's right, unbelievable. but it's like, but then everything in between that is still interesting. It's not like, oh, a boring shot to a nice shot, it's like, nice shot, boring shot, nice. It's like, all of it is so great. You're just like, oh man, like, obviously, he's a photographer, his eye is incredible, like, that's something that will, you know, mm-hmm. everyone already knows. So it's incredible to see him doing it in this kind of way. It's just. Right. Uh, awe-inspiring and just makes you feel like a dummy you're like i yeah. can't i can't i'll never do this i'll never do this
2: for me that shot in particular in particular a shot of like the wide that is so perfect and there's a shot where barry is going back and forth when he first signs up for the military and they're having before he gets in that fist fight the shot uh and i'll, I'll put this on our instagram because i'm so obsessed with it it's um the shot where it's shot from behind barry talking to the other soldier and then it's just all the other soldiers positioned perfectly in the frame you can Mm. see every single soldier's face in it i paused it and uh, like looked at it again because like it's so cool of how and it's like in a movie full of these beautiful landscapes and and costumes and and sets and castles this shot gets like left behind, I think, when people discuss Barry Lyndon, but I think is such a perfect shot. Nice. Um, yeah. I'll put it up on our Instagram, but mm-hmm. that was a big one for me. Um, so, Catcher, I'm glad you brought up uh, Leon Vitali. He plays uh, the older Lord Bullington. Do you do you want to talk about him a little bit, Catch?
3: Um, yeah, I just his story is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. He was like an actor. Um, he got cast in the role of. Uh, older lord what bullington is that right
0: mhm mm-hmm.
3: and uh he would just like go on to basically like give up his life to work with stanley kubrick um like t- to you know like the the basically ruining of like his family life like anything that existed outside yeah. of stanley kubrick was basically um a secondary thought to this man. Like he just gave up everything. Um
1: I would not want to be that man's assistant.
3: No. <laughs> Honestly, I think no. Thankful but-
1: that he existed, but no <laughs> thank you. This is the
3: thing. And like this was gonna be my criterion pairing. But I'll just like I'll just talk about it now just satellite pick. So, oh thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, satellite <laughs> pick. This is gonna be this was gonna be my satellite pick, but uh I'll just talk about it now in context yeah, of what yeah. we're talking about. Um but the thing that i found so fascinating about the, there's a, so there's a, actually a documentary about this called film worker and it follows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, his experience working for stanley kubrick and the thing that this movie to me shows and every movie he's ever made and like why i respect this guy so much is we not ever, there's 7 billion people on this planet you know a handful of them will be truly important figures in art or culture mm-hmm. or politics or whatever and it takes A certain kind of person to admit that that won't be you and it Mm. takes another a completely different kind of person to say it's not me it's and understand it's this guy and understand that like that's a once in a generation opportunity and that like would you not want to be in the room with the beatles as they were recording their albums like would you not Mm -hmm. want to be like martin scorsese's like best buddy like would you not want to be these people like Everyone always, oh, I wish I could be there. Well, this guy was like, oh, I can be here and chose mm. to give his life to be there. And I just think that that's, I wish I had that kind of bravery um, mm. and because it, it requires a lot to give up. And I just think that's so cool to recognize that and just be like, oh my God, it's Stanley Kubrick. And then like, just be that dude's assistant, like in, not in like a regular <laughs> assistant way. Like Stanley's yeah. up at four in the morning. It's like, I really need like beads for this thing yeah. we need beads and it's like now it's his <laughs> job to go find beads for stanley in the morning and like they better be there. and they would be there because he cares yeah. like, you know and it's like how stunning so it's like cool to see the formation of this relationship that i'd seen in this documentary film worker before actually mm-hmm. ever seeing barry linden and so to know what like this guy would eventually go through is like wow pretty crazy um, <laughs> but it, what is it like them?
1: all like is it inspiring and good or oh yeah there, yeah like, like mm-hmm. some emotional imbu- yeah. abuse yeah. involves like no, i no, could no, only no, no, imagine no no i think no? Uh, truthfully okay. the,
3: the only abuse in the in the movie that you come in contact with is like how he treats his family which is like he's just not there as often as he could have been because right, he was right, there for right. stanley instead kind of thing Um fair fair but yeah i think it's yeah. an interest such an interesting relationship yeah. and like it gives a little bit of cool insight to the the making of the movie so just yeah, to see a master, totally. like, a master at play. Like this is the master at play. Like that yeah. is what this movie is like. And we were talking about this movie with some friends and stuff. And and I even joked to you guys, oh, I don't think we'll have much to talk about for this episode. And and the reason <laughs> I had said that was more of like, a, I want to see if other people can see what's beyond just the look of the movie, like it, because mm-hmm. it's all that everyone ever talks about is like it's so beautiful, it's so beautiful, and it is. But it's like this. He really is a master at work here. Like he is using everything to tell the story and like you said but, what's her name doesn't even speak the mrs linden yeah. like she lady mm-hmm. linden almost never speaks it's like her in the corner playing cards with the help is like all mm-hmm. you need to know that this woman of high stature is playing with the help like you, you know like that's a that's a pretty powerful statement to make and like i just think he's mm-hmm. firing on all cylinders with this movie it's great
2: you know people often forget kubrick writes and directs all his movies mm-hmm and you know people now praise directors all the time like if you are a director who also writes the film you're like yeah. immediately put on like a pedestal in like modern filmmaking but people forget kubrick wrote his that movies happens. yeah you know all, all his movies are like that and and it, it's in you really again see the genius behind like you know spielberg doesn't write his movies right yeah uh, you know a lot of great directors now don't do that and you know Ooh. kubrick's range of in visuals, not only going from 2001 to Clockwork to Barry Lyndon, mm-hmm. back to back to back. Not only in visual style and and control, but also his writing is is, yeah. is is amazing.
1: I know that, like, I know he casts like such a big shadow, and I know in general, you know, people like cinematographers and editors are all kind of n- never like the focal point when we're we're looking at films. But that's mm-hmm. also One thing that I found when I was kind of like researching this film is because Kubrick is such like a big, like a huge, like person. um, But I was really interested in like the editing because the editing Mm -hmm. is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was really interested in like the cinematography and that it's so interesting to me because it's like if you Google any other film, it's just like, okay, like this person did this and this person did that. And I'm just like, obviously, in this movie it was such a group effort as well. Like, obviously he's the mastermind behind it, but yep. I did like a deep dive and I just like got really caught up in like the other players in, in, in making this film. And it, yeah, it was John really Alcott, his
2: cinematographer is a frequent yeah. collaborator. He also shot 2001. I'm, I'm pretty sure with, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, like the, I mean, obviously the praise went to the, you know, it won Oscars for cinematography, art direction, Costume nice. design and best music. So the praise at the time definitely went to went the to, yeah. you know, the technical and the creative people too. It's, so
1: it's it, just a triumph on all friends. That's kind mm-hmm. of where I was going with with my rant, I guess, because yeah. like Kubrick absolutely deserves the cred and, but and it attention. Is a, but it's just like all like as a whole, it's totally. just so it, yeah. And yep. the people who made it probably felt so like accomplished and amazing. So good yeah. for you guys if you're still alive and you
3: mentioned music and like actually the music in the movie also is like um yeah i am pointed this awesome. out she was just like so many period pieces like have a little bit their music is a little bit more like drab and a little bit more like yeah. a little bit slower but this is like quite upbeat and it's got quite a yeah. punch to it and it's like it feels a little modern in it in a little bit yeah. like it i think that helps um bring up The joy in it, like it it helps bring the levity to it. It is a long movie.
2: Kubrick, as much again as he is a visual storyteller, his music selection and all his movies are always so important to his Mm. films. Yeah, like, um, I mean, two thousand one, Space Odyssey, obviously, The Shining, that theme song, Clockwork Orange, was singing in the rain, and the opening music for the opening shot. Uh, and you know, the he does it so well in this too. I a note I took was, it's like he was making music videos for classical music, like yeah. like <laughs> like they you know if if there is MTV in uh in you know this this time like these would be the music videos for it, and I think it was very cool um how totally. how that
1: worked that was sort of like a vibe I got yeah
2: yeah so good amazing so before we get to our criterion moments are there any other notes you guys wanted to discuss
1: I have a note here that says they really mentioned the cousin thing a lot a. Eh? <laughs> <And> that, was, <laughs> that was my first note for the film i think that's before i kind of like tuned into like the comedic tone of it yeah yeah i was like is this a joke because i didn't i was like is this just some weird soap opera movie right or is this a joke because they're like they kept on like just driving home when they, with the cousin they would
3: she when she has the ribbon down her shirt and she's yeah. just like I know. can you find it and then he-
0: He's like, I, can, I, I can't i can't i can't and she's like
3: try harder and it's just like this back and forth of her like forcing him to try and touch her boob and you're just like this is a, this is gonna take forever i love this
1: maybe i have i have a question for you guys maybe you um know but the sets like that mm-hmm. was all
0: mm-hmm.
1: like that's all just like on location like mm-hmm. the, nothing's painted nothing's a backdrop because it like i know catcher you're like Everybody talks about the visuals too much, but like there were certain parts where I was just like, This can't be
3: real. I like,
2: think I, real. I think the only painted or edited shots were um the whenever they showed Castle Linden, um yeah. over time it got more and more drab as his situation got worse and worse. I don't know if you guys caught right. that. But they so show the castle from the same angle like three or four times throughout the second half of the movie. And every time they show it, it gets worse and worse looking. Oh, interesting. Um, oh, so okay. I think that might have been the only ones. But other than that, they're on they're on location for, I think, almost everything.
3: And then not all light is natural light. There yeah, is not some, all light is natural some light. Some of yeah. it is like they've put stuff in windows like to do ex- some controlling.
1: Yeah. I was going to say all the outdoor like external stuff for the most part was like all dictated by natural lighting and they just mm-hmm. like worked with what they had and they just like did some really cool stuff with cameras i watched a video i didn't understand what they were saying but it all <laughs> sounded awesome <laughs> and then a lot of like the indoor stuff was like the same like they would kind of like see where the light was taking them and then kind of adjust accordingly and yep. then a lot of like the indoor stuff is like very specifically and like meticulously lit mm-hmm. and yes the candlelight stuff was cool amazing
2: Nice. All right. Well, let's go to oh, this catcher. Did you have anything else?
3: Um, just like interesting, like themes, like I thought were cool, like the, like his daddy issues. Like he clearly <laughs> is just constantly replacing his dad, you know, with yeah. different yeah. characters, and I thought mm-hmm. I found that quite interesting. Um, I I had noticed this, but I, doing some research, like the first, the beginning and the closing have a, there's a lot of like mirrored shots throughout mm. the movie of like. Showing where he was and where he goes, but how not much of it has changed, which I thought mm-hmm. was really cool. Like, and I, I think ultimately the thing that like leaves me wanting with this movie is like I just don't like. I don't like him. I don't find him yeah. interesting. Like, yeah, I, he's constantly a sleaze bag. Like, I, I'm never, I but never. Doesn't feel that lo- kind
1: of make like the so, like the way it's like wraps up kind of satisfying? Mm.
3: But that's the thing. It's like that duel. I'm just like. Someone do something like, (laughs) like shoot him, like shoot that kid. Like you've done everything else up until this point, you've been a dick. And now you're like, what I can do to save my life is to be a nice guy right now. It's like, no, Mm. no, this was the time when you do the hard thing and you don't do the hard thing. You do the easy thing. And I'm just like, I hate you. And so maybe mm. that makes the film better because that's what he wants me to feel. And like, I'm just angry yeah. at this guy. So, and I, but yeah, it was just frustrating. Like that, that was a thing I think that, that pulled it away from me. But ultimately it's like, yeah. I don't know. I really did really, really, really love this movie a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> well,
2: I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> let's go on to our, let's go on to our criterion moments. Um, for those who are joining for the first time. I should have welcomed you earlier, but welcome. Uh, each episode, we choose our moments that we think why it got included in the Criterion Collection. Who wants to go first?
1: We were kind of just talking about this, um, but there's obviously so many things that like make it apparent why this film is in the Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say story-wise and character-wise, um, the final duel with Lord yep. Edgelord or Lord <laughs> <laughs> Um I don't know if he were a Gen Z or I feel like he'd like totally be like an intro yes. troll anyways. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just Barry's past, like literally coming to haunt him. And like, he's just kind of like cunning and wicked, even though he's like the, char- like the character himself, he's kind of like experiencing luck. Yes. But also he is through like malicious intent, like moving himself up the ladder. Right. So it's just like you can't be that like wicked without paying the price, and I think he tries to redeem himself, but it was too late, and mm-hmm. then he got his leg shot off, and I was like, "You deserve."
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, catcher, what about you?
3: I think the opening, the opening, uh, scene with the father mm-hmm. and the duel, it's like such, such a great composed shot, the stone wall. The trees, the everything, the way that he's like composed the characters so small in frame. And then you get everything about the movie in this shot. Mm-hmm. Well composed. It's funny. It's a satirizing like the, the lifestyle and the way of life in that time period um, and the sort of recklessness of it and the. Surprisingly easy ways of dying in it. You know, it's just like it's got all (laughs) of that in it. And yeah, I I think it's wonderful. There's a bajillion (laughs) amazingly beautiful shots in this movie though that yeah, you know, we could talk about.
2: My moment was we talked about it earlier also, was when Barry first meets Lady Linden. Yes. And they have that visual that eye glancing exchange and then to the moonlight make out (laughs) sesh. I mean, it's just it's just so cool. Every time I see that I get I'm like Kubrick, man, he's so so good. Like it's it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, directors nice now would kill to be able to pull something off as perfect Seriously? as that as that scene it's it's so good well that was nice and easy mm-hmm. uh, let's yeah. go to our uh satellite picks so again if you're a new time listener every week we choose a movie or any piece of content that you think should pair uh well with barry linden or our pick for that week so catcher uh we heard yours already it's gonna be the documented film worker do you want to add anything else to that
3: yeah i just uh film workers- really great it's a really interesting documentary uh really fascinating um so yeah i think everyone should watch it
2: nice um boom what's yours satellite pick
1: um i'll go for like a more thematic pairing um Mm -hmm. and i chose one of my favorite novels actually uh the picture of dorian gray by oscar wilde okay yeah, there's been a few film a- adaptations, but I haven't seen any that are that great. There's also one with Josh Dumal Avoid, Avoid, Avoid. <laughs> but yeah, I'd also, I'd love to see, like, I I keep on holding out faith that eventually this book will be adapted into a good film. Mm. I'm kind of thinking maybe like Greta and Chalamet or like mm. McQueen and Fassbender. He might be a little bit too old, but. You know, whatever makeup does wonders. Anyways, um, yeah, the vibe wise, it just kind of reminds me of Barry Lyndon in the sense of like men waging their very souls mm-hmm. to achieve status in high society, and it doesn't end well. So yeah, the picture of Ooh. Dorian Gray. Nice, <laughs> good pick. Um,
2: my pick is just uh, is another movie along same lines, historical, uh, epic film, Lawrence of Arabia. Um, okay. Oh, okay, I think it's. Also a three plus hour movie. Um, okay. I actually finally watched it for the first time a couple of months ago, and nice. it is incredible. Like similar, th- I feeling watching Barry Lyndon was like holy crap. Like how did they film this movie at that time? Have it look so incredibly good, and yeah. just like the whole movie is amazing and worth the length and all the hype around it. So Lawrence Arabia would be nice. My pick.
3: Is that in the Criterion? I
2: think it is because I've been like I've I've
3: been been meaning to watch that, and so that this might be a good excuse.
2: Arabia Criterion, it is it is in the Criterion collection. So there we go. Something to think about. That is something to think about. Nice. So before we get to the film crew flight selection, sorry. Before we get to the flight crew film selection, uh, winner, we got two voicemails. If you want to shoot us a voicemail, you can shoot us um, and. Oh, I just saw your message. Sorry. You can shoot us a voicemail to CynonautsPod at gmail.com, or you can just send us an email. I'm going to read it uh, on the next episode. So, okay. So our first voicemail is from our old pal, Art.
4: Cynonauts, what's up? This is Art calling to drop a voicemail to just tell you how excited I am to hear you guys talk about Barry Lyndon. I caught up with this for the first time just last summer. It had been on my list forever. Uh, has a very strong reputation, as I'm sure you uh know, for being one of the most beautiful films ever made. And uh boy, in my eyes it did not disappoint these landscapes, these candlelit rooms Preach. in these old eighteenth century uh locations. Boy howdy, it is gorgeous. Uh, what I did not expect was it to be so funny. It's a dark, <laughs> kind of black comedy that uh, had me chuckling uh, alongside my gaping at the fantastic images up on screen. So I hope you all Ooh. also really liked it. Uh, I think it's amazing. And I picked it up from the Criterion last time they had a sale. And I'm looking forward to revisiting it many, many times. Nice. Uh, despite its long run time, I thought it just flew by. Uh, yeah hey in terms of a pairing I'm sure you've already talked about this but the the guy who plays the son in the second half of the movie uh, quit acting became Kubrick's uh, or Kubrick if you're in film school as they say uh, became his assistant and they made a documentary called Film Worker about that guy and his relationship with uh, Stanley who was uh, as a perfectionist not an easy person to work for so that would be my satellite pick uh, is the documentary film worker. Take care, everybody. Hope you are safe, and I look forward to uh, hearing the discussion. Bye.
1: Thank you. I
3: I love my dad, but if I could choose another dad, it would be Art. That's what I would <laughs> want. That's who I, Art me. I I just feel like I vibe with Art so much, and he's just like always has the best insight on stuff. And yeah, I just love. Him. Thanks for calling in. Yeah.
2: Thanks, Art. All right. This next one's from Mikey P.
4: Hey, Synod, it's Mikey P. here. Just want to say a quick message. I haven't watched Barry Lyndon yet, uh, but I did spend the day watching two Kubrick films, one, Dr. Strangelove, which was great, and the other, Lolita. Mm. I don't know how you defend this film. Ian, what are your thoughts? Uh, Uh, Okay, bye. (laughs) Have you guys seen Lolita? I haven't. I've Do you know I've the plot of Lolita? Yes, yeah,
3: yeah. I've seen I've seen most of it, but not all of it, and it's been it's, a while, but yeah. It's
2: basically a guy, like, falls in love with a high school girl and, like, courts her. Uh, and in the book, the book that is based off of, I think she's even, like, 12 years old, so they even aged her up for it. I have not seen this since I first watched it. I think even when I watched it for the first time when I was in 7th or 8th grade, I was like, this is a weird movie, <laughs> and I never have gone back to it. So <laughs> I don't That's think hilarious. I have much to say about that, Mikey P., unfortunately, but I am agree I. Am I believe your <laughs> gut instinct is correct on this
0: on this one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the tagline for Lolita, fun fact, was called, How Did They Ever Make Lolita Into a Movie? Because the book was so <laughs> controversial, just in topic. And yeah. then they made a movie out of it. So made a movie. Have that on. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more emails. This is from our old pal Slim at 70mm. He says, first time long time. Speaking of movies that are disgustingly long, I just wanted to say that I recently rewatched the second Blade Runner movie. Ian, <laughs> I know you have watched it in the past. Let us know what your thoughts are on the movie. Keeping in <laughs> mind that at keeping in mind that an at home experience is not as good in theater, no matter what anyone else may tell you. Thank you.
3: Okay. So S- Slim is trolling both you and I at the same time. Amazing. He is. That's all I wow. have. Do What's we let happening?
2: him do we give him satisfaction? So, I uh, that, that did not make be a pun. So, I catcher loves this movie, <laughs> he has spoke about it at length on Dune Pod. Go check that out. I forced I my friend even... to make
3: a podcast about that movie. We've never released it, I just needed to talk about it so much. That's how much I <laughs> love that movie.
2: <laughs> I um am not a fan of this movie. I tried watching it once and I didn't finish it, wow. it was too long, too slow, too boring. And on okay. paper, Villeneuve. Gosling, Blade Runner, all sounds like things I would love. Didn't love it. I do want to give it a second watch. I did watch it at home. So I acknowledge that that is different. But did you did you watch it, Boom?
1: Yeah, I have like a little like story for this because I felt similar to you, Ian. I, I did really enjoy it, but there's something that happens in my brain when like something's just very slow and kind of like dragging and it's bad news. And I actually got shushed so bad with Ben, <laughs> K- catch our, our friend Ben, you know us I love for drama ben. in the movie theater. Yeah, We got shushed so bad because there's that scene where it's just like everything's so chill and then Ryan Gosling just like bursts through a wall. I don't, mm-hmm. Do you guys recall that moment? Mm-hmm. Maybe. And I died of laughter. I just, because my brain was just so mush at that point and I was just died of laughter and someone stood up and shushed me. So <laughs> that's wow. my could have been me Blade Runner experience. i wonder if it was me <laughs>
3: at one of my three <laughs> <laughs> viewings
2: I, I i plan on giving this another world at some point but i'll need to work yeah. up to it
3: if it ever <laughs> plays at like the fancy theater here in toronto ian i will buy you a ticket you fly up fly here we can watch All it together. Right.
1: what's the fancy theater are you talking about the Cinesphere? Or yeah Sinosphere.
3: T- T- Cinesphere. Cinesphere. Oh, okay, okay yeah oh tiff though and it's
1: not- <laughs> tiff isn't Ooh. that fancy no, but it has and a it, good sorry. projection.
3: It's good projection. Yeah.
1: It's all about Ian projection. Cut us off, cut us off, cut us yeah,
2: off. Yeah, stop us. Uh, and our final email <laughs> says, Boom, Catcher and Ian, I'm thoroughly enjoying your podcast. You're inspiring me to expand my movie watching to include films I may have otherwise overlooked. Keep up with the great work. Looking forward to your insights and commentary on Armageddon. That's from Francesca. Francesca, Oof. thank you. Armageddon. I too so am excited much. for Armageddon. We're going to have to hold yes. that one out, though.
3: Mean, yeah. the, we got to. We can't, you know, this is what everyone wants. Yeah, we got to wait more. till like episode 200 before yeah. we have yeah. this it's, coming. You got to be on the long
2: haul for yeah. all the exactly.
1: I'm not going to live until episode 200. <laughs> 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 Barely holding on now, guys. <laughs>
2: all right. Well, thank you for the emails and voicemails. Again, shoot us an email yes. or voicemail. Thanks, everyone. Pod at gmail.com. All right. Let's get to it. Let's get to the. Flight Crew Film Selection Winners Boom has tallied the results. There has been some uh electioneering on Instagram, people trying <laughs> to get votes one way or the other. Yeah. Uh Boom, read us the final results.
1: Okay. So, <laughs> coming in at 26% of the vote of the millions and millions of votes we got. So this um, this is third
3: place, right? Yep. This is
1: third pra- place. Okay, um, and that would be catcher. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I Kat. just
3: thank you for the wonderful listeners who voted. I appreciate you, and I'm glad that we see each other. And I see you, and you see me. Thank you. <laughs>
1: We had a few, like, double vote- voters, a few cheaters. My mom um, tried to vote for me twice, once on her account, once on her cat's Instagram <laughs> <Wow>. account. <laughs> so there was, there was a lot going on at the polls, but we got there. Anyways, <laughs> coming in second place at a 30% um, is our boy Ian.
3: <laughs> Congratulations, Ian.
1: Golf claps.
2: I got some texts and uh, DMs about the eyes wide shut pick, uh, laughing about my realization later that it was a mistake. Next time <laughs> I will draft more strategically, but I still stand yes. by my picks. Everyone go watch the long kiss good night. We're you.
1: living, we're living, we're learning, we're yes. moving on.
2: But to who the winner. doesn't need who doesn't need to live and learn is yeah. our winner. Congratulations. Yes. Good job, boom. How many, how many what percentage Thank you so votes? Much.
1: I got forty four percent. So we said the a minority majority or whatever. Yeah,
2: the minority majority. Yeah. or whatever it was called. You, yeah. won. congratulations, good job. But I well won brass. fair and
1: square. Yeah, and can you, you edit in RuPaul saying congrat congratulations, please?
2: Yes, I'll add that in for you.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice, nice job. Yeah, boom. the uh, no. It's becoming. It's it's becoming increasingly clear to me that Boom is everyone's favorite host. So. Yes. Oh my god. Listen, I'm thinking people have just to... blindly voted for you. Just no, out of favoritism. I'm going to defend this
1: because, like, <laughs> my, w- like one of my best friends in the whole world voted for Ian. My sister, okay. my flesh and blood, voted for Catcher. <laughs> so listen, this was not favoritism. This is okay, because okay. I had a sick list. <laughs> okay, you did. Okay.
2: All right. So. uh as a reminder, the winner gets to choose yes. a movie that Ketcher and I have to watch. And we'll, yeah. I don't think, we'll do a full episode about it, but we'll discuss it no. in the, in the yeah. pre-show part. Yeah.
1: I kind of just like preemptively planned everything. Or sorry, like once I knew I won, I did. Even though I always knew I was going to win. Anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so
1: so next episode is going to just be like a boom... Boom! Chica oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you're picking
3: the episode next week. Also, oh I my get the goodness. Pick.
1: Okay, so I figured it's our first like crew flight crew. Um, so I'm gonna play nice, and okay, okay. I'm going to give you both what I believe to be a gift. Mm. Um, I watched this film recently, and it just like touched my soul, mm. and I think. So this is kind of like where I'm going with this. I think it should be in the Criterion. Okay. Um, so I think we should do like a mini edition, like just okay. as the pre-show. Okay. I've laid out like a structure for you guys. Cool? Ooh, okay. Cool. Yep. Yay. So you're both going to watch Steve McQueen's A Lover's Rock. Oh, mm-hmm. awesome. Okay. From, from the Small Axe series mm-hmm. and just like vibe with it or don't. Okay. We'll find okay. out. And then next week, come back and we'll talk um, if you liked it or not and why. We'll talk your criterion moment. um, And then we will talk if you think it belongs in the good old collection and why or why not.
2: Nice. Oh, I like this. I like this. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited.
1: to hear what you guys think so yeah
2: I've, I've been meaning to watch it so this is the perfect excuse to same yeah nice. exactly all right so we'll do a mini edition at the top of the episode Ooh, and then yeah f- we're our full pick where are you taking us boom
1: okay boys <laughs> get your wig caps out okay go to the drugstore uh, go to the drugstore and like get the brightest blue eyeshadow you can find because i am taking us on a lipstick stained journey of self-discovery yes um this is one of only 22 musicals in the criterion collection which has over a thousand titles it's rock and roll it's philosophical it's rdaf it's john cameron mitchell's 2001 cult classic hedvig and the angry inch oh (laughs) oh, okay
3: okay 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 (laughs)
2: Awesome. So I'm nice. excited.
1: Uh, have either of you seen it? I have not.
2: So no. I haven't seen the movie, but okay. I've seen the stage play.
1: Okay, per- perfect. That's amazing. Yes. I um yes. yeah. I'd say my only kind of like advice going into it, catcher, maybe, is just um the char- the lead character, Hedvig, is not this it's not a trans story, not a trans character. Um they're genderqueer and also p- Pay attention to the music and lyrics as much as you can. Like maybe watch with subtitles. I do anyway, so
3: that's perfect. Okay, yeah. Perfect. Okay. I'm okay. So
1: excited! Oh, this I is great. So excited! So Sweet. this is our first
2: musical number, one of yeah. twenty-one musicals in the Criterion. That's a good stat to find. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. Love, so, love the pick. So there we uh, go. Next week will be Boom Week. Fantastic! <laughs> <So, laughs>
3: what a great way to start off this year. It is.
2: It is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, folks,
2: uh, this was fun. We just picked up, we didn't miss a beat. Yeah, yeah. this is exciting. I
1: missed you guys, but I'm so happy we're back. <laughs> yes,
2: same. Uh, well, folks, thanks again to everyone for listening. Um, Boom! congrats on the victory. We will Thank celebrate you so your dreams next week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bye, guys. I won't what? let you down as your chosen leader.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Adios, everyone. See you later.
0: Bye.